Kia ora and welcome to the Take Your Meds podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Rose. I'm a trauma recovery coach and founder of No New Things and Ritual, my online programs that transform your inner world. Season two of the podcast is all about the new paradigm of leadership. I've called in some pretty extraordinary millennials to chat this through esoteric, philosophical, spiritual, indigenous, and creative lenses to shift your mindset. Let's go. Kia ora and welcome back to the Take Your Meds podcast. I'm so excited to be sitting down with Rebet today in the studio uh, on the other side of the world. Uh, I met Rebet probably six years ago as a young gun uh, running a youth development charity. I was really curious about all things startup and met Rebet at one of his uh, conferences and it was really cool to feel his energy. He was unlike anyone else really moving in the startup space, anyone else that was really supporting the next gen to come through. There was a different energy about him. And so I've followed along on his journey. um, And I just want to speak into a few things that a few titles, a few few, um, moments worth celebrating. He is... uh, one of LinkedIn's top three most influential New Zealanders. He's the host of Rebet Live on Today FM. He's Metro Magazine's top 10 innovators of the year. He's been a QE Bank New Zealander of the year nominee. He is a girl dad, hashtag, <laughs> um, and is a really successful multi-exit entrepreneur. So it's such a privilege and an honor to have you here, Rebecca. Thank you so much for making the space and time to dive into the new paradigm of leadership. So I know you're going to bring a really unique lens into this conversation. So kia ora and welcome. And just what's alive for you right now? Uh, appreciate it, Jim. Good to link back out. I think maybe I'll just jump off by saying I, the um, the kudos that you gave around being able to support others that next gen is massive, massive, massively important to me. Probably more so than pretty much anything else that I do. Like you can't really change the the ways of the old dogs. The stubbornness in the middle is like stuff it, but that next gen. I think is extremely, extremely important. So I always particularly um, make more effort for my time and energy for for that next that next gen on the come up because I didn't really have shit. And then now that I've got something, I think it's my duty to, and anyone else that's in a similar spot, they, I think they are obligated to do the same thing because for me, I feel that when you don't look like others, you don't roll like others, you don't talk like others, you don't act like others, your energy is different. When you're the flipping outcast, underdog, pushed to the side for years, dude, and all of a sudden you start smacking the flipping door down and be like, you know, I've got a seat at this table. I'm, I'm going to cut this table in half and sit there and I'm going to make a seat. Mm. I think that it's super important that the, the upside of what that room gives you, you also need to open the door for more of the others that, that look like you but haven't been there before. So that's just a straight to the purpose of one of the things that I'm very passionate about is that point. And um, the ROI in that is something which isn't transactional. The ROI in that is generational and decades long. And, mm. you know, 
my my win for what I'm doing now will literally be, I think about it, I'm like 60 or 70 years old at the flipping beach somewhere having a little whiskey and some random like 40-year-old or something comes up and goes, you won't remember this, but 40 years, 20 years, you know, like that's the shit that I'm the most excited about. So uh, but yeah. to answer the question, Jim, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I just wanted to, I guess, start off with that because yeah, for me that. that is very important. Me. yeah I love that so much and why do you think why do you think it is that so many people who get to those places of greatness of influence of power aren't speaking into the scaffolding that supports them to get there the honest truth is for the majority of the time a lot of them are being selfish for their own desires for success and everything, as much as they say, has been about others, has been about them to get to their goals, which you understand when you've got a goal you want to get to. Yeah. Which is why it's then usual when those super older crew then all of a sudden go super philanthropic or whatever that word is. Yeah. Because then they know they're like, oh, shit, it actually isn't about me. It's about them. And that's why there's that massive gap where it becomes a super old, old crew that then really try to invigorate the bottom, not that crew that are just there now with the titles it usually happens after and it the good the good news is it's starting to shift a lot more and there's a lot more leaders at the top now who are pulling the strings up for others mm. um, but it definitely wasn't that way so the good news is it's shifting yes. and a higher percentage of those in power now and the one percent are magnets pulling up but the second reason why that is as well is because we're seeing a I think I called it years ago is I think we've seen the biggest shift in 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 business leadership in the last forever. You know, the mm. now you've got marketing managers of billion dollar companies that are 37. You've seen CEOs of the companies in their early 40s. So like this shit didn't exist 10, <laughs> 20 years ago. You yeah. know, it was the classic stale pale male dude named John. I mean, like, you know, mm. data speaking, there's more of that. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with you know, weapons that if that's the buzz, but it was a very clear that there was a set mold of what leadership or a CEO looked like. Mm -hmm. The game's changing so much on that. You know, the first wave with um, with male, female coming through is gender. Sweet. Next wave and whatever the, th is it culture? Was it Maori or Pacifica or minorities? Next wave and, you know, equality and in, in terms of, you know, gender, whatever they want to do. Like it's, mm. they are waves, right? So the good news is, we're at least into the second or third wave um, mm. and it will hopefully continue to do that. So that's the way I kind of, that's the way I see it. Yeah, I love the it. The answer, Gemma, it. is selfishness. It's <laughs> selfishness is these why they don't because they, yeah. they give too much of a shit about themselves and then they try to give it all back to make up for it because they feel guilted with regret later because they didn't do it earlier. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting then to look at the system of philanthropy and how how um how that's influenced by that power and by that energy like coming from a place of guilt fear or like shame and then that driving the behavior of uh philanthropy i mean that's that's also interesting i think to explore and having been in the system of philanthropy for nearly 10 years now I find it very fascinating to zoom out now as a trauma recovery coach and studying trauma regularly to look at how that's influencing that system and our giving and making the world a better place. I mean, it, it is the system that can 
influence for so much good, but it's like, from what energy are we engaging in that system? It's just the, the timing of it's just different, right? Like, don't get me wrong. A, a lot of people want to make it to the top to be able to give back, which is cool. What I'm saying is there is a higher percentage of people could be doing more sooner with the power that they have to influence those at the bottom that mm. choose not to out of convenience mm. or laziness or selfishness or whatever. And then it picks up later and that's when they try to, all of a sudden they launch foundation, sport a thing, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, I yeah. got to make up for it. So then you become like, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not 60, 70, 80. I, I'm not there. I can't speak for their shoes. But what I can say is it's become very clear that the, the energy is shifting a lot more with yeah. more good leaders now wanting to help more within the food chain. Yeah, that's cool. And if someone's listening and they're like, yeah, I mean, this really resonates. I want to be someone that is scaffolding the next gen or scaffolding the next whatever to come through to where I am. What would be your advice for them to begin letting the ladder down or just open sourcing some of the formulas or the operating systems internally that it takes, what would be your advice? I have this little thing that I think about and it's called, you know, creating breadcrumbs, you know, like the digital footprint of what I leave today. I know that my children's children's children will see in a hundred years. So they will watch this. My literal, my great grandchildren one day will watch this video and be like, holy shit, look at him when he was 30, six years old. Oh, look at that, blah, blah, blah. But it's a digital breadcrumb. And the mm -hmm. digital, these digital breadcrumbs are great for two reasons. One is it documents the stuff out of your head so you can actually get it get it out. But two, it 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 timestamps intellectual property or thought or ideas or value or things which can scale out to um, millions of people potentially if it's good enough, you know? Mm. Like there'll be future philosophers that get talked about in thousands of years to come for the great stuff that they did that was just in some random hidden YouTube channel hundreds of years ago it's like 100 because it's all been digitally documented and the greatness has been been recorded right mm. so the scalability of those things so the good thing with myself the way i thought about it was i used content as a as a ninja move to scale the value of my thinking or whatever without me physically there because i can only mm. do so many sit down coffees one-to-one -one. you know mm. my bandwidth doesn't allow for that more and now by choice i just kind of say no to most things with my time because you know i've got a young family and shit. i don't really don't care about too much else like i mm. genuinely don't give a shit about a bunch of stuff now and just perspective and and whatever mm -hmm. so um i think these digital breadcrumbs are huge and then even if you're in an organization where you've you've got lots of human touch points um, it doesn't take much to open the book to show, you know, to actually show you, show and share your thinking mm -hmm. because it feels like all these kind of secret little operating system codes and bits and pieces, they get held in these back rooms. I don't know why. Maybe it's they get, they don't want others to copy them or whatever it is. It's, you know, ego or self-awareness or whatever that I'm not, I'm not sure the answer, but mm. um, is there a whole bunch of value that older crew know that they choose not to share yes is that bullshit yes should they mm. give it away and, and help others up yes mm. why don't they i'm not sure that's probably the other piece to it so i kind of go the other way i want to overshare and over communicate everything mm -hmm. the entire time and yeah. you can pick, pick and choose what you wish but then no one's ever gonna have the um the ammunition to say that i a didn't give a shit or b i didn't try to do something to help others so so stuff that because mm. i know that i have 
Yeah, I love that. So what I'm hearing is two things. One, being around digital breadcrumbs and just embracing digital to communicate your thoughts, communicate where you're at, your thinking, whatever, leave it as a breadcrumb. And the other piece being around open sourcing the workings that go into strategy or people or whatever it is, if you're at the top or you hold a position of power and influence to really take people on a journey of how you come to uh, the decisions you make and share that as a resource, as a development opportunity for the people coming through. 150% agree. Um, it becomes a bit of fearful too because a lot of people in those positions of power don't know how to communicate their messaging or their IP or a lot of them because of tall poppy syndrome or whatever it may be don't think they're good enough even though they're at the top mm. they still don't think they're worthy enough to be able to share mm. which is also bullshit because you don't need to be right but you need to have you know there's nothing wrong with having an opinion on things I mean yeah I get challenged a lot when so the way I think about it is, you know, like with what I currently know, this is what I believe. Right. This current thing. And thinking. then you've got, yeah, my current thinking because of what I currently know is this. If you know yeah. something else or that I can learn from, please let me know. And then as long as you open that door so they know that it's not black and white, I'm right, you're wrong, whatever. It's as much as blunt as you want to be. I don't think that that's actually the, like I'm super blunt and extremely direct, mm. but I'm ridiculously curious and open to any type of conversation to make me get a different perspective because mm. the way I see it is I go the other way going it's not an asset if I got it to myself but if I'm overly open with everything and if I get one little more insight because someone else feels more relatable or approachable or safe to be able to have that conversation with me and I get a snippet that shit could unlock way more stuff than I would oh. be fearful of losing so I'm mine huh <gasps> And so that's how that's how I kind of flip it the other way. Yeah, know? that's you so excited good. With that answer, Jen. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I like want to dance. It's so good. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's so and, true and, but I feel like there's a piece there in your journey as a leader where your ego really has to get comfortable with being challenged, and you shift from this paradigm of like I have a limited amount of ideas to like. There is an abundance, there always will be. Wherever this one came from, there's so much more on its way, which kind of liberates you from like hoarding your IP, which is just, I feel like that's such a big shift in this space. Like people are yep. so protective because of that ego and that scarcity thinking around ideation. And I that's why I go the other way too with it, because for a whole while, if you look at my journey on social media or LinkedIn or whatever for the first probably three years maybe four years a bunch of people thought I was a scam because they thought I was wait they were waiting for me to sell them something they were waiting for me to close they're waiting for the call to action click here 10% off they were waiting for the secret mastermind $10,000 course they were waiting for the whatever the shit that I, like and ironically enough, my companies, which I owned, I never really even talked about publicly and I never advertised ever on social my own channels, ever. Mm. So there's this insane disconnect. And then it was kind of weird because then over time, you know, it's impossible to have done what I've done the way I've done it if I was faking it because I haven't sold it. I've got nothing to sell. I'm like, I'm like thousands of I've, I've done a horrible ROI, but you know, the reality is my, the difference was my commerce was never seen publicly. 
ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, and then cool. even like today, like no one knows what I'm involved with. No one knows where I'm at. <laughs> I no one knows what I'm doing. Do research nah. and I'm like yeah okay cool, nah. cool, cool. <laughs> and it's by design because yeah. what I really what I learned very long ago in snowboard world is as soon as people knew where you were positioned in the ecosystem and who you knew they knew what they could potentially get from you or what they could try and get out of you or what mm. and it became an intel game right like and and I remember it for years I was like people getting close to you because they want intel for something it was not that it was um war but I thought of it like war because I knew that, you know, in an environment where the commerce was knowledge and and things that were happening and stuff, when you knew that and the others didn't, you had a value. And I still remember one of my earliest employees that I had is absolute weapon that that started with me years ago, pretty much from day one in the game. And he grew up and he, I think he was like twenty or something. And then he was in Auckland. There was this event on and all these crew out and I said, and I, I don't really party like that with, you know, these young bucks, I'm, I'm washed up now. But anyway, and I was saying to him, I go, okay, this is what's going to happen. You, I'm going to piss off. Everyone's going, we're having a nice time. It's going to be all good. We'll have our dinner, have our beers. I'll, I'll bail out. And after about the third or fourth beer, they're going to start trying to act as your mate to get intel with what I'm doing, who I'm with, mm. where are we going? What are we mm. doing next? And just be aware that that's going to come. And then you're going to feel super awkward and then just basically going to have to have a soundbite to know that it's coming. Right. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? I was like, look, they're going to try and get you drunk and get Intel for what we're doing. And they're going to try and get it through you. Cause they know I'm not going to get it to you. Wow. And he's like, okay. So I was like, what? And so anyway, then next morning I get a phone call at like seven, eight in the morning. He's like, bro, you're not going to believe this shit. Dude, it exactly happened with the phone. And like just the whole thing played out exactly right. So by design, I specifically like no one knows. And it's, I think for me, I, I feel very, there's another thing I'm very proud and passionate about is keeping my relationships close that I care about, mm. not seen. Mm. I don't want, no one knows who I talk to on a daily basis. No one knows who my circle, no one knows who my best friends are. No one knows who I hang with. Like we can, there's only like two things that have ever come out that have showed who I'm been with. One was like a um, little power moves retreat thing I did where I, uh, we got a bunch of, um, my crew again and we hide out the Hilton for a week and the other one was um the place at my funeral video when I just kind of went around for a week and see a bunch of crew like that's it mm. like in 10 years like no one's seen shit and and for me it's just private I think and maybe it's just the way I think of it a bit differently is I know that every single relationship I have with anyone else it's my me and them mm. like anything they tell me is for me anything I tell them is for them but the, I always in this funky spot because you know, I always tell people, you know, I wouldn't have got to where I am if I told people what I knew and I wouldn't, and if I told other people as well. So they know they're fully safe with me and I'm fully safe with them. So there's this, mm -hmm. there's a totally different level of trust, um, that I, I have with my, with my relationships. And more importantly, they know that I'm never going to try and leverage them personally, publicly, because I, I may sit here, but some people are way, way up and some people are way, way down and up. And it all, it all depends on the bits and pieces, but like, I'm not the flipping CEO of a bank, but at the mm. same time, I'm not like a unpaid intern that's coming to fold papers. So to, to, the, the other one for me is like, yes, the, the first piece, Jim, is like the magnet to pull up. The second piece is the tightness of the, of that personal circle to keep mm. it private mm. is so massively critical for me. Like it's so like, it's, it's, it's so importantly huge because so many people go the other way. They want to 
do the selfie with the important person to tag him in to make it feel like they're with them. They want to show where they're at with who they're with and all this other mm. shit. And I'm like, dude, I want to be so publicly seen, but stealth as shit. Like people don't mm. even know what I'm doing right now. And I, I absolutely love it. And I think it's one of the coolest ways you can operate because if they don't know what you're doing, they don't know what's next. If they don't know what's next, they don't even know what you're doing now. And it just, it keeps your relationship so much more authentic because yeah, the energy shifts if they feel they can exploit. And I've been exploited before and I guess, you know, your walls tighten up and you just have high walls for it. So sorry for the little vent, but relationships for me like that are so, I, I can't even, and, and weirdly enough as well is the tighter those back channels get, the more intel you actually get because the trust builds over time, mm. right? Like you're text messaging with the CEOs of banks saying what's up and bits and pieces and they're giving you intel on this and these other people are giving you intel on that and you're seeing what's actually happening. You go, so you see this public veil mm. and then you actually have these trusted leaders and you're like, oh, this is actually what's happening. Mm. You know? And then publicly they see here, this is what they think's happening and that's what's actually happening. So um, I, I'm just fortunate enough that I've got an awesome trusted circle I really respect all my network and I, I will guard them to my flipping to the, to the death, including all my friends, everything. And I think I it's just that. a, yeah, it's just for me, as much as I, as public as I get, the more private I actually get. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is ironic. But it's, um, yeah. and that sounds it's like so a cool. real, like a real, a real pillar in order for you to stay grounded as things grow, as new opportunities come along too. Like I've never heard it discussed like that before with so much conviction and so much integrity. But I think it's so true. Like I think even reflecting on my journey, like growing into different spaces or different industries or different communities or different circles, like, yeah, perhaps the ability from this conversation to grow some discernment around like, yeah, why why are people here for real? And am I getting taken advantage of or am I taking advantage of certain situations here? Like really getting clear and honest with yourself about those relationships. I think that's a key pillar in leadership. Well, the biggest one for that is one that frustrates the shit out of me is when people talk about like, oh, how to network and how to, so how do you do it? How do you get to know these people and all this stuff? It's like, I don't network. I know work. I, I just literally, I, know I meet people. I meet, I meet people. The best is this is every single time. This is true. It's never not been true. The gnarliest weapons never tell you what they do. And you never tell them. You just see if you like the flipping person. And, it, mm. and like almost every time I've ever met a weapon, they've never said what they actually do. Mm. I've never really said what I'm actually doing. We just seen if we like link up and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? You're the, What? like mm. what like that's yeah. the best because those relationships are built on three things it's the same thing of like everyone i keep telling everyone it's like do i like you do i tr trust you do you execute execute mm. you can find out real quick because you just google someone do i like you it's pretty simple if we can hit here and have a conversation it's like what depth do we get to is there like is it like authentic sparks of our relationship do i trust you as the thing mm. do i trust you is when do I sit there across the table from you and would I, you know, can I look you in the eye and I actually know like, nah, this dude's for real. So I've executed enough. I feel I'm likable. 
but the trust piece only happens when I'm physically with someone or they've consumed so much of me. But I think it only happens in person. I feel yeah. um, and true it's trust. Earned. And you can, it's earned over it's earned. time. And that's something yep. that I think a lot of people miss is like, they might see the execution, they might vibe and they're like, all right, I trust them. And it's like, nah, actually this is going to be earned. And I've got to see through consistency that you walk the talk. And that's, I and think, time, a piece time, young guns time, miss sometimes. Time, yep. Yeah, time. Time is yep. so key. But I think for for a lot of younger people that I've met and a lot of millennials, like, haven't necessarily found consistency in a level of connection with someone. Um, but what I've truly discovered is that that's because we're disconnected from ourselves. We're truly disconnected from who we really are and we lack intimacy with ourselves. And so then the ways in which we show up to relate to others is from that disconnection. And so what I've noticed over the years is like a lot of people bouncing around different groups or like consistently meeting new people and then vibing for a season and then disconnecting. Um, and it's kind of why I got more and more curious about trauma too, because it's like that's, that trauma is what disconnects us from ourselves and the present. And if we want um, better quality relationships, we actually have to look at the ways that we connect with ourselves, which will then influence how we connect with others. This is my take on this now anyways. No, no, I, I get it. The, the bit that I maybe add to it, Gem, is the, when you don't know yourself, when you are interacting with a variety of others, you're wearing a shell of what you think they want to see for that relationship to be positive. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. When you, it's like, I've got a, um, this dude, I know he, you know, he's got a fancy job. He's got the pocket square. He talks very blah, blah, blah you know, with the sound bites and all the shit. As soon as it's five o'clock turns it off, he's putting his, you know, um, little singlet and rugby shorts on. He's just swearing like a cowboy and he's just, he's just like a hood rat. Right. But, he has the shell for what he needs for his relationships, which mm. I think is dangerous because eventually what happens is the same in most organizations, you know, on the Friday night drinks, everyone goes down to sale street or whatever it is. If you're in agency land and then after, you know, the fourth or fifth beer, everyone just starts saying what they actually think and it actually gets flat again, mm. you know, but nine to five, there's this hierarchy. There's the shell, there's the, the titles mm -hmm. and I call like titles are such bullshit. Like titles are, I always just talk about, it's, it's just temporary relevance. You have a title which gives you temporary relevance for this position, but that's not actual power. Mm. You know, the the power is from after 20, 30 years when you've gone through the vines with everything and they know your character, they know your soul, they know what makes you tick, they know what your yeah. actual vibe is. By the time it pops up to you're at the CFO or CEO of this other thing, they've already, you've already dabbled with that, that dude or that chick for like 20 years, 30 mm. years. You know, mm -hmm. and and what's interesting, I think that young people, the biggest mistake young people make the most that I've seen, and I even when I was young, I knew that people my age were making a mistake, is they were playing the game of power for for temporary relevance for mm -hmm. these relationships were so superficial that were based on the title and position that someone had at that moment. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm the marketing manager of this flipping drink company. All right, cool, cool, cool. Oh, all my best mates and this and that. I always think about you know. If you become the manager for Bluebird Kettle Chips the next day that's selling that pack and save for three for one dollar, 
how much of that circle's gone now that the fact you're not the fancy crew rolling with the new Beamer or the new Audi or whatever? How much of the crew's yeah. gone that's not hitting you up for free tickets to go to those events? How many of that crew's not t- hashtagging you into all this fake Instagram bullshit? It's like mm. probably the majority of that circle. So I always think like flip it. The great thing is about like my tight circle, like my, my boys, we're in the most, we're in four like non-completing, totally different industries that don't even connect and has nothing to do with anyone. We don't give a shit because we're boys. And even better is then when you're in the business world, you know, by the time someone gets into a spot somewhere else, now that we're sort of on the come up, you know them. Your inner circle knows them and they've got cred checks, you know, and this is one thing mm. I, 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 I try to tell people, the young bucks all the time is there's this thing called cred checks. And what a cred check is, is you get a text message from a back channel. So back channels and cred checks. So for those that, you know, that aren't aware of the back channels is these trusted humans in the work, in the ecosystem where uh, they can tell you things off the record. You can tell them things off the record to actually get shit done. That's mm-hmm. how most of the stuff is actually done. And, and there we, these CEOs, and this is a flipping true thing, which people wrote, they have group chats between other leaders and in industries. And they literally will put a text out and be like, yo, um, Joe flipping John Smith. Here we go. John Smith, cred check. Looking mm. for a new CFO, John Smith Kritchik, literally in the text on a group chat with other leaders. And then they'll be like, and then the 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 one that comes through is, you know, like epic weapon, yep, 100 percent chat, blah, blah, blah. The danger is when they go, we should talk. Because when it says we should talk, that means you need to ring them because they don't want to say anything, and there'll be some other stuff, whatever. But basically, mm. like your entire existence, by the time you hit 30, 35 there's back channels that are getting talked about you if they want to find out about you because you've been in the game for 10 years and people don't, these young bucks don't realize that um, the relationships that they have now and the things they do behind the closed doors to people now, in 10 years time, the person who you may have screwed is now the CEO or the GM or the marketing manager or the director or whatever it is. Mm. And they stuff up every single time. They don't get it. It's it's long game, not short game. It's chestnut checkers. I keep saying it. It's chestnut mm. checkers. There's like 10 moves ahead, years in advance, not transactional bullshit for, you know, like for right now. And most young bucks, because they want the power and the flex and whatever, mm. they jump up on the transactional to try and get close to temporary, rele- temporary relevant power and they end up getting smoked. And when mm. they get smoked, they've actually wasted all that time and they've got nothing out of it except for some fake bullshit relationship with some hashtag posts and some flipping long lunches that meant nothing for someone that's not even at the company down they have things so it's like people don't see that though so yeah anyway, sorry for a little vent but people just play that no game. this is this is some yeah. bomb mentoring this is some bomb ass free mentoring like if you're listening hey, to this this is the first time i've heard something like this this is epic it's real though it's the yeah. truth though they go for they they go for power not realizing it's about the person they go for mm-hmm. position not realizing it's about purpose. They, it's just like, That's it. it's so simple if you actually think about it because then, perfect example, just before we jumped on this, I was talking with this guy who I'm about to um, do, do business with on this other project. And I've known this dude for six years, seven years. And then we were like, yeah, go blah, blah, blah. And then I actually just realized, I was like, hey man, just, I know it's kind of random, but dude, I actually don't know what your technical capability is. Can you just like send me through like what you can and can't do and we'll figure out the rest. And he was like, yeah, no, sweet as bro, all good, blah, blah, blah. And then I was thinking for a second, I was like, well, what would lead me to point to be going into partnership with some dude that I've known for seven years without actually knowing his capable skills? It's because I know his intent. 
I mean, like I'm talking about like like practical, like if it was a mini CV thing, like where he could fit in, what I need to build around him. Um, and I just thought for a second, I was like, huh, his his CV was the last seven years of the relationship where I know what his intent is. I know what he's about. I know his moral and ethical compass. I know that if it's going to be a tough conversation, we're going to be able to have it. I know, like, I know that shit. So mm. weirdly enough, you know, those relationships that you make early, they all come back across that bridge sometime or later. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So what I'm hearing is like the new paradigm of leadership, leadership is who you be in this world. It's your character. It's your energy. It's your integrity. It's your ability to execute. It's how well you can resolve conflict in relation to another. It's how you show up when no one's looking. It's like all that stuff. If I was to say like, what to you is the new paradigm of leadership? What would you say? Um, what would I say? I think the best leaders are getting braver to show, like they're getting, they're getting braver to show themselves, to empower others, to leave more ego. It's definitely more soft skills than hard skills. It's more, people first and feelings and strat and soul and intent than it is like vicious, ruthless, cutthroat, quarterly report shit. Cause you know, now post COVID and everything else, people are thinking about like, do I want to invest my time with this? I've got, you know, it's a, it's employee employees market. Do I, do I want to be, does my energy want to be around this Muppet? Yes or no. You know, I think the power dynamic has shift to the employee. I, I feel, um, and so the best leaders are those that are actually going to embrace the truth of all of it, you know? And I think it's a good thing. Mm. I think it's a good thing. You know, there's, there's, you know, I always think about, um, people say it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's bullshit. It's, it's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows you. Because if it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's like, all right, cool. Well, you know, oh, you know, I know Peter, um, it's not what you know, I know, but I know Peter Jackson. All right, whatever. So does everyone. Mm. But if Peter Jackson knows you, and if you are some creative visionary that's whatever, and Peter Jackson knows you, mm. then you win. Mm. So I actually don't think the game's about who you know. Stuff that. Who you know is still playing for title temporary relevance. It's who knows you. What mm. is your skill set? What do you bring to the table? What is your intent? What is your drive? Where, how are you impacting others? What are you creating to the world? How are you making it better? That's the shit. And so weirdly enough, every time I've always heard that, like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That feels very checkers, short-term, transactional, exploitive, personal bullshit. Mm -hmm. When it's it's who knows you, it's like, what are you at? Like, what's the value that you're adding to the table? What's the value that you're doing, you know? And a key one for me with when I'm thinking about it as well for, for leaders and stuff is I, I think about, you know, I've had a million times when people have been like, oh, man, I know the CEO of so-and-so. I'll hook you guys up and, you know, blah, blah. That for me, that's like an exploitive transaction of like, oh, because I know him, let me take that power and I'll bring it down. That's not an equal power exchange, mm. right? What am I offering to that? What am I offering to that thing? So let's let's reverse it. Let's say if it's the CEO of, I know, um, big transportation company and I'm some young lawyer, whatever it is. Oh yeah, I know this. I'm, I'm mates with the CEO. Oh, I'll hook you guys up. When that pops up in the email for that CEO and it's like, here's some two-bit flipping nobody, 
unless it's out of like either charity or mentorship through a different sort of means, this is in a business context. Oh, because I know him, I'll transact you. Like this, it's almost like the power dynamic stuffed because he's walking into it going, or he or she's going, I don't really want to do this. I'm only doing this because of that. It's already tilted not in your favor because it's not thing. And then, so I've had a couple of times and I literally say to them and I've never said yes to them. I always go, look, really appreciate that. It's all good. Um, when the time is right, where I add enough value to the conversation, then I'll, then we will cross over when the time is right organically without this. So it's like, it's all good. But the last thing you want is you don't want to be the, like the unwanted stepchild of a business opportunity that's been guilted by someone else for the dude with power or the chick with power to then roll up. Stuff mm, that. That's not the because energy. Then, no, that's not the energy. And then what happens is the energy is already off because the dynamics of that relationship Boom. is all stuffed. Yeah. Totally. Opposed to, and and I've had this, which is the other way, where um, through a mutual friend that liked them to say, look, here's this young buck, you know, crazy kid that's just flipping sending it. Like, I think you guys should connect because his energy, you know, there's something in the energy that I think you will learn from, right? That's It's more like a mentorship, friendship, whatever. So it still starts out as charity for their time. But what would happen is I was, you know, this is over 10 years ago. So I was, you know, you know mid-20s, whatever. I was on the come up doing my thing. And I'd, I'd meet these crew and it's, these relationships started as charity, without a doubt. Like I was the young buck just flipping, trying to destroy everything. They're the, the old weapons. Mm -hmm. And then... But what would happen though is they'd tell me some stuff and I'd listen and I'd go mm. do it and I'd come back. Oh yeah, I did that thing, blah, blah, blah. And then this happened. Oh, well, okay. Give me a bit more. Cool, cool. Give me, they give me some scraps. They give me some scraps. Mm -hmm. I go piss off out into the wilderness. I don't say shit. I execute. I come back. Oh, hey, you know, I talked about that thing. Yeah, cool. Hey, check this out. Yeah, mean. Oh, cool. And then you start flattening up mm. and then it gets to like, you're hanging with your friends who know more than you. And they're giving you the actual time because they know, A, you're listening, and B, you're getting it done. So they're C, not wasting their time. Yeah. And then I got one of my mentors said to me a while ago, she was like, um, the cool thing about you is you're literally doing everything we wish we could, but we weren't, didn't have the balls to flip and just go and just do because yes. we we're stuck in these hierarchical structure shit, whatever, right? So what started as charity ends up flattening to friendship and, and, and like cohesion and trust and likability. And now like some of my like, good friends i say good friends are like in their 50s and 60s and shit <laughs> some yeah. of these early 70s that are just like old dogs washed up but just have like the young hearts of lions that i still mess with like that's so, so cool like, yeah i guess there's a lot to be learned there around the leadership where i think i'm only 36 that i'm mentally with all my 70 year olds so if i'm physically here but mentally there my squeeze of opportunities the next 40 years, I'm, I'm flipping sweet. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah. But from a, a place of integrity, from a place of well, integrity and reciprocity and an energy that is like, yeah, with all of this, I'm going to choose to not hoard it. I'm actually going to leave these digital breadcrumbs and share more yep. and more with the next gen coming through so that they can see it as well. Yeah, and, and you need to, right? Because what happens is, and this is where people don't also, I think they really, really, really don't understand is when you're playing the game of, I guess, like secrecy and privacy with your relationships and trust, you'll do all of this shit over years for people, which is never seen from public. So a lot of stuff that I'll do is publicly seen. The majority of my stuff isn't public. Like I'm only public in a couple hours a week or whatever it is, right? Like it's a lot of, it's a minimum amount of time for a lot of exposure considering the amount of other shit that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So if I even did the same, if not doubled, 
the impact of breadcrumbs of all these other things that I'm doing behind the scenes is it will be substantial. The bit that trips other people out is when people that I have got genuine relationships with, they then meet in different worlds and their paths cross. And then th- somehow my name pops up and it's like, wait, what? You know, Rebecca? Well, how do you know? It's like, oh, dude, me and him go back for flipping 10 years. He like did this. Ga, 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 ga. And they've both got like these crazy stories with me in it. That, that they didn't know about each other that I've done behind the scenes. And then when it connects, and then usually how it happens is then they'll send me a selfie of the two of them. <laughs> they're being like, what the fuck? Like so good, like just classic. And, and it's, it, it makes me feel good because it validates for me that my relationships with each of them, the, I know that they feel so stoked mm-hmm. that my truth with them was for them. That, that they it didn't cross pollinate. So then when they did, it was like, dude, he's like one of my boys too, blah, blah, blah. And then so it's always a funny one. And then the flip side of that is if I'm ever with someone and they name drop someone that I know, the first thing I do is like, oh, like you boysies with them? Like you're like actual like homies? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, all right, cool, sweet. So I literally right then I will stop and they don't actually know that I usually will probably know the person. <laughs> and, and I'll literally on the spot just text me like, oh, yeah, I'm just with your boy, Bob, or whatever it is. And then I just see what comes back. And then it's so funny because a lot of times people will name drop shit that they actually don't even know. <laughs> or they're like, they are acquaintances of all, but they aren't actual friends, you know? So that's, anyway. These, but that's the character. Yeah. That's the integrity piece. And that gives you feedback of like, okay, at what level am, gonna, am I going to continue building this relationship? Well, these, it feels like I've just got all these nuggets, Jim, but these are like my, I think these within this like chat so far, there's this, there's this like ninja move framework mm-hmm. of how this shit actually works. Like there's all these little pockets of little things, right? And one of the other ones, which I think is extremely true and correct is this game of like threes, twos, and ones. And, and this pyramid of power, I don't know if it's the pyramid of power is probably the wrong word, pyramid of influence or whatever it is, but Say there's this um, this tr- this triangle, and at the bottom you've got threes, you've got twos in the middle, and you've got the ones are the CEOs, the twos are like the middle on the come up crew, and then the threes are the young bucks, just getting in the mix, the frothers, the groms, the interns, the the go getters, the fresh out of flipping uni crew that just want to smash it and go demo. And what would happen is the I'll walk into an organ. It's happened like so many times. I just find it humorous at this point. Oh, well, and everyone plays this game of power. Do they want to go three to a two, two to a one? Like this is their, this is their pathway. But then I roll up and I'll literally like walk into an event or into a business or whatever it is. And I just literally walk straight in the door and be like, oh, yeah, what's up? And just like literally like boysies, hugs, high fives, handshake and kisses straight to the ones and, and, the, and the homies at the top. And then two things happen. Like, so, so what happens is the ones, they know my intent. They know what I'm about. So we can just like, we're like just homies. So we like, High five handshakes, it's all good. The threes at the bottom are like, oh shit, yeah. So the, the the threes will be like inspired or aspirational to towards me and my energy. It's like that's great. The ones I'm homies with, so it's friends, because they don't care. This is the things like great letters don't care what you look like, talk like, act like, dress like anything. They just mm. like, do I like you? Do I trust you? Do you execute? Mm. Right. So so then, but the twos in the middle, there are the two things, and it happens every single time. It's like they either super confused by you or they're super threatened by you they're threatened by you because all of a sudden you've got a more genuine and authentic relationship with a one when they're a two 
So you're already, and the, the power energy is different. And when it's authentic and real, it's like, wait a second, I've been doing all this stuff. I'm still doing handshakes. This guy walks in, he's like bro shaking, high five and kissing babies and shit. Like what the fuck? Like that stuffs them up. But then the confused bit is, and this is what I've also found. This is where I've had like pushback from crew is the confusion is they start to second guess if their strategy for power is actually the right one mm. because they are trying to play this game of this temporary power and title and influence bullshit which is just so blah. And then mm. I just walk through without having to do any of the, the hard yards of this fake game they've been playing for power because mm. <laughs> I don't give a shit about it anyway. Mm. Then it makes them go, wait, shit, am I playing this game right? Am I, what the fuck? Like, and it, it stuffs them up. So, so that's the camps of the threes, twos, and ones. And what happens is over the last 10 years, all like I was the young buck, like all my other young bucks and stuff that we were on the come up with, 10 years later, now my homies are starting to become the general managers. Now my homies are starting to become the the little you know C chief operating officers, and then maybe a, a little CEO of a little startup or whatever it is. So the three the, the the threes and fours are becoming the ones and twos, right? So that that now that that flips happening now. But the gap of it, Jim, is I call it the squeeze. Now the squeeze is where I'm like old enough that I've done enough shit to have leverage and the ability to be able to sit in the room with authority, but still young enough that I know what's up. It's a squeeze. The mm. squeeze at the moment is about 38 to 45. I'm at the younger end of it, but it's still a squeeze. Mm. And so the power game is all those young bucks today in 10 years time, it's just going to get lower and lower. Like next thing you know, it's, you know, that, that age of that CEO is going to get younger and younger. The, the power is going to come younger and younger because everything shifts from like analog to digital and future and transformation, all this other shit those with the knowledge are going to run and those with the knowledge that have the, the self-awareness and humility and the, the ability to, to, to have the EQ skills as well as the IQ skills mm. are going to crush. So, so that is Jim, uh, the pyramid of power. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. There's like so many models in this. I can't wait to sit back and like I know. draw out the frameworks. Like you're <laughs> dropping so much. It is. This is so helpful though. It's like, <laughs> It's like pulling the veil, like pulling the curtain. I think you're so right. Like there's so many people that think the game is X plus Y equals Z. And it's like, nah, actually, this is an energy game. This is a character game. This is an authenticity yep. game. And so what happens when you're coming through? Like I love that reflection too of like you showing up into that space and those twos being like, oh, shit, my strategy. And my strategy is probably a bit off. Like what, what is, and I don't they think hate hope's me. lost. I don't think hope's lost. You know, I feel like a lot of people have been misguided and I feel like a lot of people have experienced stressful life events that have meant that they've created these egos to keep the, the true parts of them hidden, safe, whatever. And I get that. Say you're in a space of like, of cultivating the self-awareness. Maybe you're going through like a awakening or like realizing it, all the shit you've been sold is bullshit. You don't want to prescribe anymore. You want to revamp how it is that you're showing up and come back into a space of service, of purpose, of soul, of truth in how you're showing up in business or leadership or whatever the spaces you're in. What is your advice for those people that have the humility to say, I've got this wrong and I want to, I want to do it again. I want to find another, another way for me to be able to show up here. 
talking about it doesn't matter. It's because you talking to others when you've, when you've had actions, which you're either not proud of or went a different way or whatever, people don't give a shit what you talk about. People give a shit what you do. So if you've done bad stuff, the only thing that's going to make it right is to do good stuff. So it doesn't matter. Like I'd almost go the other way where I'd just shut your face and go execute doing the thing which would prove that you're doing what you're talking about. Because mm. the classic would be if if there's been bad leadership on this and that, and they'll stand up and go, okay, well, it's clear, you know, we've gone down a different path that we're not stoked on. We're going to be rejigging. It's like, it's all noise opposed to head down, execute, head mm, down, do execute. It. And that's the bit, you know, like the, the young bucks, my biggest advice is, uh, shut your face, find the gaps where you can add value, do it with your mouth shut and over execute. And there's like, pom, pop. Oh, where'd that come from? Oh, oh, Jimmy down there. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Next one. Boom. Again. Oh, flipping Jimmy. Oh, dude, Jimmy's like popping. Oh, what else is he up to? Boom. Again. Like you're in an ecosystem where you, if you execute good shit, you will be seen and noticed 100% every single time. Mm. And then you just play the little strategy games of what you choose to give where, and you know, do you, you know, in the case of self-interest for those that are above you, if you're younger in the food chain is figuring out, okay, well, what do they need to get a win? Okay, cool. They need to, you know, add more top line dollars without any additional like debt to the business, whatever it is. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to provide that. Boom. Make them look like the hero. Boom. Give the layup, give the layup. You know, the best basketball players were never the ones scoring the most points. The best ones in my thing are the ones that were setting shit up that were doing the assist. Mm. Assist was where it was at because the assist is making things happen and you don't need the glory of the score. But if yeah. you get the alley-oop, like it looks dope if you give a good alley-oop to someone else to dunk. And then that's why like good leaders are hyped when they get, you know, yes, others getting their wins and shit, you know, like, and, but it comes with that leadership thing too. Like in with, um, you know, Frontside, one of my businesses, which is a, you know, creative agency, content consultancy, we um, exited, it was acquired by Saatchi and Saatchi, you know, some young buck was 18 years old working for us, right? He came up with this thing. He's like, oh yeah, I think like this thing's popping off. We should try that. I'm like, dope, let's do it. Next. It's like, all right, what? Yeah, mean. It's like, dude, there is no ego here. Like, dude, if it's dope, let's try it. If it's not, yeah. the market's going to say it sucks or the client says it sucks and we should go on to the next. Like, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so non-emotional about who brings what. That was always a good thing for me anyway with anyone I work with because they knew that there was no hierarchy of power with who had the, it was like, who had the best ideas, the best ideas. Like, do it, done, next. Like, there's no, there's no ego associated to the the intellectual property of a concept internally. Mm-hmm. It's like the only thing that matters is the execution externally. Mm-hmm. So if the execution externally thing is going to pop high, then and we use, you know, Johnny Youngbuck's idea, flipping let's get it up. Then props to Johnny. He gets mm-hmm. punned, you know. That's it. He feels he's listened to. He feels he's empowered. He feels he's been acknowledged. He feel, and that's you know, way I beyond think- the time in that particular role too. You know, that built, totally. building that confidence in the creativity that moves through them, that that's something that they're going to carry way beyond that role, which is so sick. And totally. really, I think, such a powerful way to scaffold others into their create. I like, I believe everyone's creative, like to scaffold them into that understanding that what moves through them is so worthy of being seen, heard and understood no matter what, what if you're a three or two or a one you know that's epic yeah no i totally agree i'm really keen to explore what great self-leadership 
and self-governance looks like and sounds like for you as an individual? I feel like you've spoken a lot into, I guess, the outer workings of your inner world and I guess how you translate what brought you here and what is alive in your soul and your spirit and like how you do what you do. But yeah, I'm curious, like, what does good self-governance and self-leadership look like and sound like for you in order to have the outer workings that, that you do, the energy that you bring to the world? Probably for the first 10 or 15 years of my career, I guess 10 years of my career, I wasn't aware of, I knew who I was and I just went and did shit. Then as I've got older, seeing everyone else, I'm like, ah, I'm operating a bit differently with why I choose to roll that way. What is that? Why is that? How is that? Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't until then that I actually clicked that I was rolling different. Mm -hmm. I just thought that everyone just did their own shit. And then I realized, oh, actually, I've got these self-guiding principles or I've got this moral and ethical compass. I've got this way that I roll. And so I was completely oblivious to strategically how I was actually rolling for the first mm-hmm. 10 years of my business career. Absolutely no idea. Far out. And for me, I think that's flipping genius because then all of a sudden I wasn't having to try because I was just doing me mm-hmm. like naively. Like someone said to me, he was like, yeah, you're probably one of the most, I'm always say like, like self-driven temporarily naive humans I've ever met. Like I'll just go into something and be like, yeah, stuff it. Let's do it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Sure, sure we can. Like, you know, radically optimistic, but naivety was probably in there too because, you know, mm-hmm. I got into commercial real estate with one of my um, other companies and we had, we built up New, New Zealand's largest network of um, shared workplaces for tech startups. I didn't know what CapEx or OpEx meant. And we had four, it, like before we had like four or five floors and I didn't even know what it meant still. I didn't even know how, like a square meterage. I didn't know any of this shit. I was like, wait, what the fuck? We had like all the stuff going. It was naive, naive. So like I think for the first 10 years is extremely um, reactionary and then it flipped and probably one of the things which I thought was that was super cool that I did is I got a friend of mine, uh, his name is Richie Hardcore, real smart dude, deceptively deep with his thinking, emotional, spiritual and all that stuff. And um, he was talking about, he did this post, he was talking about how he went to like a psychologist or psychologist, psychiatrist, or one, of, one of the, I don't know the, brain person make like figures your shit out and then i was like oh man like how how what was it like like learning about you like actually proactively thinking about why you do the way things you do the way you roll the way you show up just all that shit it's like, oh man it was open he's like super uncomfortable but it was amazing i was like dude let's go so I gave me his guy went to went to see his guy rolled up and i and then sit down and then the guy's like um you're not here first thing he said was like oh you're not here for just like the normal stuff, huh? And I was like, oh, no, man. Like, look, I figured, and I, and the way I thought about it was, I said, look, I know in the future, more and more shit's going to come to try and take me down. So what I want to try and do is reverse engineer myself first to figure out where my trigger points are, where my weaknesses are, and figure out how I can create armor and defense for what I know is coming in the future. And he goes, mm. yeah, he's like, yeah, I get it. And so literally went for this like three or four months. I saw him every week and we just dug down into, you know, why I roll the way I roll and this and that. And, and mine came down to two things, which was the first one of going, you know, the biggest driver with me to start with was 
this chip on the shoulder from like stuff you like you can't tell me what to do type shit because you know it was the quick context for those who don't know you know my, my dad had double brain hemorrhage when i was 11 growing up in i don't know christchurch passed away when i was 15 no father figure around on the on the sickness benefit i don't know failing high school gangs and drugs and bullshit all around me and my careers advisor says i could you know work in a warehouse packing boxes and i'm like well no beef with it. that's how you break bread my issue was when the ceiling that they put on you at that age is like that i'm like stuff that and that's mm -hmm. what gave me so i had to go from a a mentality of like proving myself to others as a stuff you to pr now providing platform providing value to others for the platform which i've now built so mm -hmm. i've basically need to transition my energy with why i choose to do the things i do mm. i do like i don't do, i pretty much don't do anything now out of spite i mean a couple of things because my petty bastard but that's out of more message but not out of like my driver of like stuff you like i don't need to I'm not it's because of what happens is if you don't tr safely transition from a prove yourself to others mentality to provide value to, to the platform, to the platform you've now built, you just become that like old washed up angry old has been dude. That's just still bitter at the world for the way things were and all that shit. Like, mm. and, and still trying to like, yeah, that, that whole energy is just not, that's not me anymore. Like I don't like, I definitely was a stuff you that. And so at the moment, you know, like <laughs> we, I've, I've got the radio show with today FM and, you know, not a journalist, no radio broadcast experience, no technical support with me, half around the world, all this other shit. There's a guy that um, works for them. His name's Brad stuff. This guy, Brad, you know, this guy, Brad, he went and did a today FM first 15 article on the top 15 talent that exists in the, in the organization that's going to help today FM get better as if it was a sports team and me and my producer were not on that list and it came out savage. and I looked at it and it's funny like savage but at the same time he, you know dude I'm like in their world I'm a two-bit nobody flipping whatever right but in my world I'm like all right cool cool you think mm. man, you know, all right all right cool so we're not even in the top 15 cool so I played basketball for New Zealand, soccer for New Zealand, got second at the World Files, been in professional snowboard. I built and exited companies, done a whole bunch of shit. And I'm not even in the 15. Mm. All right, Brad. Cool, bro. And like, cool. And so this is the shit that I'll, these are the games I'll play against myself. And so I like, literally, I don't even know who this dude is. And I've already just been like trolling him on air. I've been like emailing crew, just telling this guy, stuff this dude, Brad. And they think it's one of the funniest things, but it, it's really, and I don't know if it's healthy or not, but in, um, in Save the Last Dance with Michael Jordan, there was a story about how he would he would make up stories in his own head to give himself motivation to destroy mm -hmm. the competition. Like he would literally make shit up that was like battles with something that didn't exist. Like someone didn't say, you know, what's up to him at a um, at a game, or someone said after a game was like, oh, good game, bro, whatever it is, and then he came back and just destroyed and put forty points on him, whatever. So things like that. Mm my sports brain kicks in and I will do the same thing. I will make shit up that doesn't exist to give myself an enemy to make me do the best thing as possible so mm. I can have the best outcome as possible. And you're yeah, consciously and aware that you're doing that. I think a lot of people will make yeah. up a story about Brad and make it personal about Brad. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with Brad. And you no. get to consciously choose a story yeah. That's going to empower you to be greater Better. in your art yes. and your and mastering what it is that you're passionate about. But it's yes, not then about the spewing shit at Brad. <laughs> no, it's but now personal. it's it's funny, and I've and I've I even messaged all of them, and so they all know like how I'm rolling. They think it's one of the funniest stuff. 
but I, because I'm so competitive and so driven, shit like that for me in my head, like I get excited going, all right, cool. How am I going to stuff Brad up this week? All right, let's flip and go. All right, cool. Okay. What am I going to do? Like, cool. And then by the time it comes back around to, to the first 15 or whatever the thing is, like I even joked to TT, I was like, mate, when we smash this shit and we win a flipping award, the first person you're going to thank when you get up there is you're going to thank Brad for not Brad. putting on the first 15. So <laughs> we'd like to say, Brad, say stuff you, Brad. Yeah. We'd like to get, get so anyway, so good, but, um, right? Because then it turns, you know, and you hit that moment. It's like fuck. Like, how could I be anything but grateful that Brad left me off that list? Which is exactly why um, I got stoked that my careers advisor said I could work at a warehouse packing boxes. Boom! Exactly. Yeah. I so love it's like that. it goes from stuff you to thank you. That's it. That's it. That's been a massive yep. lesson for me in my journey too, of like, wow, how can I be anything but grateful for the fact I got yep. a, a mental health diagnosis at 18, clinical bipolar and schizophrenia. They told me what it would and wouldn't mean for my life. Couldn't study, couldn't live alone, couldn't integrate back into society. And that was my stuff you moment. Yeah. And have consistently pushed the boundaries ever since. And would I be pushing the boundaries if I didn't hear that then? So I send love to my psychiatrist. <laughs> like, so thank, thank you. you. Love you to thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because it's Same driving thing. greatness and mastery in my life. Yep. And it's kind of twisted, but if you really diagnose it, it's you thinking about yourself going, okay. Why am I choosing to operate like this? What, what's my key drivers behind it? What's the mm -hmm. actual thing? The power is when you realize that you're doing it to yourself and you still choose to do it because you know it's going to make you better, which is why I still have the stuff you bred until we win and we're going to say thank you, Brad. Boom. Fuck, that's so Boom. good. That's so good. Thank you for <laughs> sharing those inner workings because I think a lot of people are curious, like what is the operating system of people who are achieving mastery in their field, you know, and I think for the next gen coming through, it's like, I don't want to follow someone's seven step recipe. I really want to understand what is the scaffolding you set up for yourself to empower you to move towards what it is that you truly desire, the impact you want to have, the contribution you want to make. And it's just so cool to like hear those inner workings. So thank you mm. for that. No, it's all um, good. I'm curious as well, like we've been talking a little bit about purpose and um, yeah, more than hoarding success and power. What would be, as you reflect on your journey, what would you say are like maybe three to five key ingredients in unlocking your unique leadership blueprint? Um. I feel that there's a few things running through my head. The first was um, like proactively getting a real tight circle around you that's way smarter and older than you. That's the first. Mm -hmm. um, making sure those around you uh, that are in your circle are actually in your corner. There's a difference. Because you can be in my circle, but if you don't have my back, you're not in my corner. Mm. You can be in my circle and I'm telling you a bunch of shit, but you kind of like still bitching on the side with what I'm thinking or, you know, putting water on my fire or whatever. You're not in my corner. Mm. 
Mm. You're in my circle. You want to be like homies and we're friends on Facebook or LinkedIn and we go to some parties and have a few drinks and shit. You want to tell your buddies we're boys, but you don't check in on me through a pandemic. You're in my corner. You know, so there's a filter of those who are around you and you need to proactively hunt down that good energy circle. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, you need to be proactively and have proactively built out a way that you exist where you are happy to be alone, you're comfortable to be alone, you force yourself to be alone and, and sit with any uncomfort that needs to be sat with instead of jumping out of escapism to try and go and just get your mind on something else, actually sit mm. there and go mm -hmm. through it. And one of the things that I've had is when I was years ago in Tahoe, I it was 2007 and I was waiting for a buddy, his visa didn't come through or something. And so I got to the States two weeks earlier before them and we had a cabin in the woods. No one was there. And I was by myself in the woods for two weeks. Day one, lost my shit. Day two, lost my shit. Day three, lost my shit. Day four, I still was like, or well, maybe day five. Day four, day four off day five, it was like 7.30 at night. And I was in the bath. I was just sitting there, all silence, middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere, half around the other side of the world with no support and some no nothing. And I was like, this is actually pretty cool. I'm totally comfortable with myself. Mm. I know who I am, know how I roll, know what I'm about. Like, dude, I'm sweet. Like, I know me. Mm. I don't. Next. And I've ever since then, I've proactively always, each week I have dedicated time to myself with my my little moleskin and I'll go planning. I, I put headphones on. I, I sit myself away. And even through COVID and stuff, like it's been two years and I haven't had a beer with one of my boys. It's been two years and I haven't hugged my homies. Mm. Two years I haven't like kissed and high five all these people that I care about. Haven't done it now. Has it been super lonely and shitty and logistically a gong show? 100%. But have I survived and am I mentally tougher? Oh, yeah. Because I've been doing it for years anyway. And mm. so so you need to – so to answer the question, Jim, about the leadership side, it's going proactively curate a circle that's actually in your corner and then force yourself to be alone until you're comfortable. Because so many people just don't want to be alone and they try to do all this other shit – and they hide and mask all the shit until actually just sit there, sit there until you own it from mm. a stuff you to a thank you, you know, yes. and people can't, the majority of people, I don't, I think 90% of people can't sit there with themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't do it physically. Can't yep. do it. Yeah. I love that. I, I do it. I love it. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's why weirdly I've been by myself for like two years, really. But then I can literally party with a hundred people, speak to 10,000, hang out with a million, just as happy as I am just sitting by myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want more friends, but I, I've mentally, I'm just at a spot where I can split out my energy, you know, but yeah, yeah I, that's, that's why I'd say professionally, like privately and professionally. That's how I'd probably do it. I love it. I love it. It makes so much sense. And I feel like I can, I can really resonate. I mean, there was a period probably three years ago before I became a mother where that, that piece of sitting alone was just too much. And I worked like 80 plus hour weeks and was able to just lose myself in my execution and not actually deal yeah. with what was bubbling beneath the surface. And that's when I had back. to take radical responsibility of like, 
if this is the one thing that I'm avoiding the most, it's the one thing I need to lean into. And so through that journey of becoming a mother, I had five months off work. I couldn't and didn't go out drinking and socializing. And it's like, it's time to deal with the shit, you know? And that's why I got into trauma. That's why I got into trauma recovery coaching and like reading and getting really curious about the science. I'm about to go into a breathwork practitioner training. We know trauma's in the body. But it it is a real piece to actually, um, yeah, start sitting with yourself and actually look at all of the parts that bring you to this moment and then go to work on the shit that you've been avoiding. I mean, it takes courage and bravery, but on the other side, it's so good. It's so good. So, yeah, yeah, just totally get like, you know, that can be a privilege for some. Some people don't necessarily have the access to be able to get the support that they need to heal from their past. And part of the reason why I wanted to start having these conversations on the podcast is like, that's normal, you know, that's normal Mm. that that stuff is bubbling beneath the surface and you're so worthy of getting the support and help. It may be, it started for me watching YouTube videos and listening to free podcasts And then when I had the resources, being able to reach out and actually get the support. So as we... Most people don't do that, though. That's the thing. Most people people don't figure out their their drivers and the the elephant in the the room. They know it, but they don't address it, you know. And sometimes it can take, you know, take years. Like when my dad passed at 15, it didn't all get released until literally my wedding day. On my wedding day, my dad's brother turned up. He got up and started speaking in Māori in front of the whole thing. And everyone in the room knew that my dad wasn't around, but no one really knew, knew, knew. And then he started speaking and I just flipping broke down, started crying. My wife starts crying. My best man starts crying because he knows what this means because he's representing the part that wasn't there for me. Mm. And next thing you know, at the wedding, at our reception, it just all comes up. I just flipping turned into a bawling mess just full breakdown crying to my lowest low in front of everyone that I cared the most about. Mm. And I, and then everyone starts realizing what's happening. Like, holy shit. Like this is like, he hasn't actually addressed this. And then next thing you know, hundred people are all crying <laughs> like at a wedding, everyone's crying. It just like, they're like, holy shit. They can see the pain, blah, blah, blah. And I said to my mom after I was like, look, there's no more comfortable place. I would have rather addressed that than mm. with the people I cared about. And, and it was true. So, um, kind of a random one for a wedding to, to go that way, but it did, but to, to the point of, you know, and that's one of the other things I've thought about when I was trying digging. So the, the two parts when I went and saw the uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever it was, was the first was shifting from approving myself to others mentality to providing value to the platform. The second one was, is the reason I'm so gnarly and the reason I keep pushing and the reason I keep go, 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 is it because I don't have a father to tell me I'm proud? of you because a mother you can be a piece of shit and your mom's always going to be like oh, i love my boy mm. but a dad if he's like i'm proud of you son mm. i've never got i'm proud of you son so then i was wondering mm. do i go so hard because no one's there to tell me i'm proud of you son because if he told me i was proud of you son would i have gone back off fifth gear to third gear would i've would i've gone dude i'm sweet like dad mm-hmm. think dad's stuck with me I'm, I'm good i'm going to go do my own shit blah 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 and the answer of it was no i was already a psycho from like way before i was like walking at nine months i was playing hockey for canterbury at 11 and soccer for new zealand basketball for new zealand like i was a psycho right but 
it was a really interesting question to answer at least because so 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 many people and like you know a classic one is uh buddy i know his he's got two one brother and his dad his dad is one new zealand's most successful well-known big ceos got got the sons the old the uh the youngest son just wants to milk the dad's last name and he's nosy sweet forever because he's got daddy's credit card and blah, blah blah and then the other son is trying to make his own path, but he's now got resentment built against him because he almost hates his own last name because whatever whatever he decides to do for the rest of his life, he'll always just be so-and-so's kid. Mm. So he'll even say that, but because I can see it, I know that that's what his thing is. So then on one of them, I'm like, stuff you, you're just a lazy piece of shit milking your dad's a legacy. You haven't done anything. Stuff you. The mm. other one's like, I, I have empathy for you because I know you're never going to win that race. Mm. Because... You try, you got, you're, you're entering a race you can't win. And even if you get more dollars, there's still more dollars out there and you still won't ever feel like you're enough. So you, you've both lost. Mm. You can't say it, but it's the truth. And so at least wow. for me, at least I answered the question, which was, no, nah, I was always just a little, you know, I was a nutter. I was a nutter. Mm. <laughs> oh, Rebecca, there's so much in there. <laughs> like the safety to allow yourself to be emotional at your wedding like yeah. the safety the love that you felt with those people there to allow yourself to experience what wanted to be felt and I think as a male as well there's so much I didn't cry I didn't you cry didn't for cry. 10 years not when he died didn't cry because oh, wow. I had to be the man of the house I was the man of the house wow that is I was so like, much to carry it's like he's gone I need something shit out all right Cool. Family. Cool. Next. All right. Is mum good? Okay, cool. I was just a sweet. Like I was straight into, to, you know, I was already man of the house at 11 when he had his brain hemorrhage and went, you know, went back to the brain capacity of a six-year-old. So I was a man of the house at 11 and I don't on the benefit. So mentally, like that's why I'm so childish forever is because I feel in some ways this is like this little Michael Jackson thing where it's like, I never really had that much of a child with it because mentally, I, emotionally, I had to be the adult at 11. So mm. I meet 11-year-olds now going, Dude, I can't believe I went through my shit at your age. You're a kid. You haven't even mm. like lived yet. What the fuck? And so, you know, I've always kept this like humorous, fun thing with me forever because it is. I like, I want to enjoy these things and be a kid and do stupid things. And like, you know, I, I, I think just the fr how it's made me turn out, I think it's better. It's more, it's, it's unrefined. It's raw. It's straight yeah. up. It's no bullshit. It's humorous. It's what, and all these things together. I don't think would be the same if my experiences would have been different. So instead of like mm. stuff you, thank you, you know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I just, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably. And it, it sounds like that moment at the wedding was so medicinal, so healing for you and being able to shift from that energy too. And like, because you've met that depth within yourself, you now can see that in others. And I feel like that's really yep. powerful too. You know, like we can the energy meet others. Of others. Yeah, yep. we can meet others at the depth that we met ourselves. And so hearing how you've gone on this inner journey to really look into your future, see if you can get the support around you around those blind spots, then you've practically made the shifts that's going to scaffold you for that greatness. And now because of that, you can see in the next gen coming through what those blind spots are and potentially be someone that can support them to shift from operating from that, that those stressful life events or those stories into a place of deeper integrity in 
their authenticity and then what that then means for how they're going to execute. I mean, that that's well, it's that's I, it I totally agree. So I I lo I love the spot where because I think you know like IQ wise, I'm not that smart. Failed high school, couldn't get into university. On paper, I'm below average on paper. So IQ, dumb. EQ, I know I'm dope as shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I can walk into a flipping room and I can pick up the energy. I can I can pick up hierarchy of who's pretty much one, two, three in a room before anyone's even spoke. I can pick the vibe of someone. I can send someone. I, like, I can see all that shit. And so the interesting part I've, will say is you know in a in a like relationships and business and stuff you know i was with a marketing manager the other other week and then i just sort of said straight up i was like look i just cutting through all the bullshit like the the heart of it is this right and so just said it and she's like yeah pretty much we just don't really give a shit about the thing we just want this but we can't really say that but i guess you just did and i was like all right and it was so powerful because you just cut through all the bullshit so quick. And then simultaneously, there's young bucks, right? And like I was with someone, who was it? It wasn't even that long ago, like early 20s, mad job. Just And I basically said, so what's your gig here? Basically, you're going to smash us out next three years. You want to be 25, you know, just travel the world, hook up with a bunch of chicks and, you know, get like a mill in the bank. But 25, is that like the whole play? Then you'll figure some shit out. And he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, all right. It was like, pretty much like yeah yeah pretty much like all right cool but the great part is when you just jump to the end of what they actually want in their own interests mm -hmm. and then you say it for them it takes all the ammunition out of the room so it's like dope all right well let's just get to that point like you know this other career i'm working with i said all right cool well, i think in three years this is where you want to be and this is what you want to do and selfishly i think you're probably going to want to do this because you want to you're not going to say it and i literally said to him i was like selfishly you may actually want to be strategically position yourself close to me to get the halo effect of those with influence that are a lot smarter that you can't get to. So you will use me for access. And he goes, yeah, but it sounds horrible, but like kind of, cause I will, he goes, cause I will learn more. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that, but at least you've admitted it. And mm -hmm. so you can just jump to the bullshit, like cut to the end of like, what's the, the if this was a tweet, what's the tweet? young buck wants to get close to learn as much shit as possible that's a really smart strategy but if you're a good dude as well and you upfront it you know where you want to get to so you say sweet in three years you're going to be here and you're going to be smacking it next you know Love but or else that. you got dandy and panda around all this like this bullshit i just don't have like the i don't have the bandwidth like that did i got a three and four year old i'll be married for 10 years and i've traveled around i've done a bunch of crazy shit i don't have the bandwidth to emotionally play games for strategic power with bullshit just tell me what you want mm. i'm gonna guess it you tell me if it's right and if we're aligned i can help you so much more if i know exactly what you want out of it mm -hmm. don't mm -hmm. like let's just do that mm. you know? levels of honesty times, yeah, yeah and you'd be surprised honesty. when you just cut to the actual heart of the thing mm -hmm. real quick Mm -hmm. you, you have more power because what happens is they know you're trustworthy, you're honest, you're going to say your opinion and then you get brought in. So like on my board in front of me here, it's, I've got a big thing. It says that you can't see here, but it says, don't forget what got you here. Because mm -hmm. I was feeling very fearful around judgment from others and all this mm -hmm. other shit that was coming that's been building. And then if I start to react 
and position what I choose to do based on the possible expectations or opinions of others. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing stuff which didn't get me here. I'm going to be doing what I think they want me to do. Mm. Instead of going, no, don't forget what got you here. This is how you did it. You keep doing that shit. Stuff everything else. <laughs> and so I've kind of gone through this whole like balance off of whatever. And so I, I literally just have it there. It's like, don't forget what got you here. I see it every, every day. Oh. And what got me here was, you know, naivety, balls, ridiculous determination, stubbornness, humor and humility humility's got a lot better because in your early 20s you know the biggest regret oh it says that you know my biggest regret is in my early 20s um no i i got asked at a conference what's my biggest regret and i said it was that i could have got to where i was at 30 by the time i was 27 but i had too much ego in my early 20s thinking i could do everything myself Mm. so I lost three years at 30, which means I had a life regrettage percentage of 10%, but I would rather be 30 with a life regrettage percentage of 10% than be 50 doing something I hated for 25 years. And now I'm 50 with a life regrettage percentage of 50%. Because oh, it's a lot easier to yeah. make back 10% at 30 than it is 50 at 50. Fuck, that's good. So time. Do the math on that, that listeners. <laughs> yeah. So good. So time, I, just, I just feel time for me is different. Like I feel... Yeah, my, my time. But that's that's how I go. I mean, look, I'm not – I talk a lot of shit, but I'm not that smart. Like, I'm not – I can't do a crazy spreadsheet to tell you the percentage point of some shit to make it a million dollars. I don't know that. But I could see a market and go, I think the moment, the puck's going to go there. Mm-hmm. And if we position there and four moves ahead, when this all comes to us, that's going to pop. Mm-hmm. And then the other bit is when you can predict energy with – industry but you can p- predict energy with people that's actually more important because you mm-hmm. can roll up and you can be like this energy's off i think they're gonna probably two alphas are gonna go heads up this is gonna probably blow up in about six months and mm. then there's gonna something happen and then pretty much every time pretty much every time it happens so energy is owning your than, gift yeah energy yeah. more than what i think i think energy is way more important than people realize being yeah. able to pick, read yeah. the room, read the energy, read the vibe. Because if you have reading it wrong and they've got a shell on, like a, a, they're wearing the, the shell of whatever, you're never actually going to get depth. Mm-hmm. You're going to get superficial, transactional, temporary relevant, bullshit, transactional blah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But if yeah. you get to the, if you get to the hook, then you're like, ah, you know, you're, you, you want to, prove yourself that you've got the flex this is why you're doing this next piece this is about you proving that you can do whatever like i think where you can just go chestnut checkers just go one two three four five six layers deep is you know it's tough to do but the best i've ever seen do it and i'm only starting now i'll get better is it when i get older and i'll still stuff up a whole bunch like i know i'll eat shit many more times in the future as i try more things but I just don't want to have a high life regrettage percentage. I want to say I tried a bunch of shit, did a bunch of shit, failed at a bunch of shit, won a bunch of shit, helped mm-hmm. a bunch of shit. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather that than nothing. Yeah, I love that. And and coming back to a place of like groundedness with this too is like for me for so long. I think there was this just like insatiable drive, and then becoming a mother. It's like if I'm doing this shit. And it's not making me a more present, connected, available, loving mother. It's not it. I'm in the ego. 
you know? And I think that's the that's beauty it, yeah. of having kids is like, and I, and I think for so long, like being able to lose myself working these 80 hour weeks, it was like, wow, you know, but now it's like all my decisions in my business and my life are about creating freedom for me to be able to come to my son in a deeper way. And I just like, if I could go back in time, like that's the thing. It's like seeing myself create more work and actually working from a place of not being strategic because I was running away from my inner world, from sitting with myself yep. and being with what was there. Like now this place, it's like, wow, there's so much freedom on the other side of that. And the capacity to meet the kids from a place of presence and connection and love and to nurture their gifts from the start. And I'm not perfect, but it's like that if it's not freeing me up to do that, I'm not doing it. And I know that that's a lot. I've heard you speak about that with your kids too, like saying no to so much so you can say yes to them because that's what it's about. Mm. No, I agree the time with it but not many people get to that point but it's good that you've you've got to it and perspective change you know before kids i wanted to be a billionaire and own the oakland raiders that's what i wanted to do then i had kids and i was like you know what stuff that noise i want to be i want to be a present father and so the last kind of four years it's basically what i've been sort of thinking about i'm like oh you know been there for every pretty much every bottle feed every whatever blah blah you know done all that and so it's cool so now they're starting to and now it's transitioned a bit more they're starting to go to school and all the rest of it so i'm starting to get the itch again of like all right cool get mm-hmm. out i'm starting to get now i'm starting to get like the ferrari wants to get put into first gear and go do some shit you know and so that's kind of i'm like i feel i'm that's where i'm pretty much at mentally now i love that thank you i'm glad that we could finish with the kids you have been so generous with your knowledge your experience i just want to honor you and say thank you so freaking much because i know for people listening like you could sit down with this episode and listen to it like 10 times and get something different every freaking time so yeah just thank you so much is there um anything you want to mention before we bring this to a close and what's the best way for people to connect with you yeah no i've got um nothing to sell you so don't worry about that um i'm good um but no, I think props to you for, for, for doing this, Jim. Like I think there is, there's way more, I think with the content that we consume in the business ecosystem, we're only at one layer deep. And the reality is we all operate a lot, lot layers, a lot deeper than that, but they're not talked about. And it's like airy fairy, woosa shit, whatever that people might joke about. I'm not joking about it because that shit's real. And those who are actually serious about doing stuff, it's real. So you know, good on you for going to that second and trying to get to that second and third layer and stuff. And um, those that are worried about short-term wins commercially are never going to get the value because they don't have enough depth. They're going to, they're still transactional. They're still playing checkers, not chess. The irony is all the things they want, they actually want, which is, you know, power or status or money or success or whatever all those things are, they come from doing the exact opposite of what they're doing. And regardless how much you tell them until they actually do it or they're too old enough that they said they were wrong, they won't get it. Mm. So if you're listening, the question I would ask is, are you playing chess or checkers with this shit? (laughs) And uh, if you're playing checkers, I would stop and sit with yourself until you're comfortable with yourself. Figure out the the stuff used to the thank yous. Know yourself first and move forward to something better. Boom. 
Thank you so much, Robert. So appreciate your time. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to invite you to stop what you're doing right now and really reflect on what's landed for you in this episode. What was your aha moment? Write that down and turn it into an actionable goal for you to shift your reality. Inspiration without action leaves you where you were before this episode. So gift yourself this moment for change. If you've enjoyed the episode, please review the podcast. It really helps us grow the reach. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram at the underscore Gemma underscore Rose. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.